Welcome to the CSIS Cogit Asia podcast, where we think deeply and reflect on policy in Asia. I'm your host, Colm Quinn. We'll start, as we always do, with the region's news. In Seoul, the South Korean government announced that the leaders of Japan, China and South Korea will meet on Sunday, November 1st, in what will be the first trilateral summit between the three countries in over three years. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and South Korean President Park Geun-hye will hold their first one-on-one meeting. Abe will also meet with Chinese Premier Lee Ke-chang to discuss a range of bilateral issues in Sino-Japanese relations. In Delhi, the Indian policy and business community spent the week mulling India's slow progress in enhancing its business environment following the release of the World Bank's annual Ease of Doing Business report. This year's report ranks India at 130th in the world, an improvement by 12 spots from the previous year, but also highlights the immense remaining challenges for improving governance. In the South China Sea, the US Navy sent a guided missile destroyer on a freedom of navigation operation to steam inside the 12 nautical mile zone of a Chinese-built artificial island in the Spratly Islands for the first time. And that's the news. This week, our first featured topic is the U.S. Navy's freedom of navigation operation that we mentioned earlier. Bonnie Glazer, director of CSIS's new China Power Project, sat down with my colleague and CSIS Asia Policy blog editor Jeff Bean to analyze the operation and China's reaction. Hi, I'm Jeff Bean, editor of the CSIS Asia Policy blog. Uh, I'm joined today by Bonnie Glazer, senior advisor for Asia and uh, director of the China Power Project here at CSIS. Uh, Bonnie, I want to talk to you about an event that happened uh, yesterday on October 27th. Uh, The United States Navy uh, sent a destroyer uh, along with two aircraft to transit through uh, the 12 nautical mile area of a Chinese-built artificial island in the South China Sea. Uh, This one's called uh, Subi Reef. Bonnie, why is the United States conducting these operations, uh, these freedom of navigation operations or FONOPs in the South China Sea? Well, the United States has been conducting freedom of navigations around the world for many, many decades. In fact, in 1979, a program was established uh, to ensure that there is freedom of the sea. So the United States was essentially asserting the right of all navies in the world to transit through waters that are uh, the high seas, uh, that are not uh, part of the sovereign maritime territory uh, of another nation. So when China built these artificial islands, and particularly this one on Subi Reef, Subi used to be a submerged feature at high tide. And under the convention, the law of the sea, a submerged feature even if it is made into a large artificial island, is not entitled to have a 12 nautical mile territorial sea, which if it had been a rock that had protruded above the water, then it would have been entitled to those 12 nautical miles. Now, the Chinese have not explicitly claimed a territorial sea. They have been deliberately ambiguous. There have been statements uh, by the Chinese foreign ministry uh, that suggest that they have made claims And the Chinese have also warned away U.S. aircraft that have flown near these artificial islands, uh, suggesting that they have, uh, that these uh, U.S. aircraft should go away from China's military alert zone. And that has been undefined. So it really does appear that the Chinese are asserting some rights over 
territorial waters. Uh, and it also looks like that the Chinese want to assert greater control over the sea and airspace, uh, possibly within their entire nine-dash line claim in uh, the South China Sea. So the Obama administration has been deliberating whether or not to conduct a, a FANOP, or Freedom of Navigation Operation, inside the 12 nautical miles around one of these formerly submerged features since early May, when it was reported by the Wall Street Journal. And the U.S. Navy has wanted to do this for some time. I think there's been a considerable debate within the administration as to whether or not this would advance U.S. Uh, interests and the objective of convincing China to rely more on diplomacy, uh, to lower tensions with its neighbors, um, rather than engage in coercive activities and use these artificial islands for primarily military purposes. Uh, so I think that after uh, many, many months of, uh, of uh, dithering, that the Obama admin administration decided uh, that the time was now right uh, to go ahead and do this. And I should underscore that this uh, freedom of navigation operation was not intended to challenge Chinese sovereignty claims over Subi Reef or any other island. The United States maintains a neutral position on the question of sovereignty. And it was not intended to be a provocation or a hostile act. It was just intended to assert the right of navies around the world to travel through waters uh, that are, are open to the international community under the Convention of the Law of the Sea. From a practical standpoint, what does an operation like this entail uh, for the destroyer and, and for the Navy? Well, a freedom of navigation operation usually is more than just passing from point A to point B, that is, just going through the 12 nautical miles. Uh, usually there's an activity that is conducted or the Navy ship, and in this case the aircraft, will loiter uh, inside uh, the 12 nautical miles. So in this case, there has not been any briefing that has been given by the Pentagon about exactly what took place. All we've seen are background statements from Pentagon officials and some deliberate leaks to let the world know through the media that this has taken place. So my understanding is that the ship entered from the north, uh, went through the uh, 12 nautical miles, exited in the southwest, did loiter for a considerable period of time around Subi Reef. There was a P-3 aircraft as well as a P-8 aircraft. These are surveillance uh, aircraft. Uh, that accompanied uh, the uh, the destroyer. In addition, and I think this is very important, as part of this FANOP, the U.S. also entered into the waters near a Philippine-occupied island and a Vietnamese-occupied island. So this was to signal that the United States is not trying to point a finger solely at, uh, at, at China. And indeed, you can go on uh, the uh, Pentagon's website and you can find a list of the countries around the world that the United States targets for such freedom of navigation operations. And it includes many U.S. allies um, and, and partners, security partners. So every claimant in the South China Sea that occupies uh, territory, including Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam, and Taiwan, as well as China, have all been targets of such freedom of navigation operations. And the timing of this so soon after 
Xi Jinping's visit here in Washington uh, to meet with President Obama. Why do you think the United States waited until after the summit to, to go forward, and why now in, in October ahead of EAS and APEC? Well, I think that in the run-up to the Xi Jinping visit, there were many discussions about the South China Sea. And there really was no narrowing of the differences between U.S. and Chinese officials. The Chinese consistently said that these islands are Chinese uh, territory, that China does not block freedom of navigation. But again, the Chinese are very ambiguous uh, about what their claims are and what their jurisdiction is. Uh, and they have been interfering in some ways with U.S. aircraft and uh, that have operated in, in the South China Sea. So I think the expectation was that during Xi Jinping's visit that there would be no progress on this issue. I think that the U.S. didn't want to completely sour the atmosphere of the visit by conducting the FANOP uh, in the run-up uh, to the visit. So my guess is that a decision was made uh, to go ahead after the visit. Surprisingly, Xi Jinping, in his press conference with President Obama, mentioned that China does not intend to militarize the South China Sea. That was not said, as I understand it, in the private conversations with President Obama. Uh, and uh, so U.S. officials heard this for the first time at the press conference. And in the aftermath of that statement, there have been efforts to understand what did Xi Jinping mean by this statement? How did the Chinese conceptualize the concept of not militarizing the South China Sea? What does militarization mean? And uh, my understanding is that uh, the Chinese themselves are scratching their heads trying to figure out what their leader, Xi Jinping, uh, meant by this. Uh, but it doesn't look like the Chinese have in any way slowed down uh, their uh, construction on these islands, which includes a uh, 10,000-foot runway now completed on Fiery Cross, uh, another runway being built on Mystic Reef and on, on Subi Reef as well. Uh, it looks like there are hangars for aircraft, radars that are being installed. Uh, our Pacific commander... Admiral Harry Harris has talked publicly about the growing evidence that China is, in fact, militarizing these islands. So I think that it was concluded after Xi Jinping's visit was the right time to demonstrate uh, to China uh, that the United States is going to continue to defend uh, the freedom of navigation in these waters and to reassure the countries in the region that the United States will continue to be an important uh, protector and guarantor of peace and stability in the region. And now over the last couple of days, uh, what reactions had first off took place as the, as the operation was underway or immediately after the uh, operation concluded from China? And uh, second, has the government said anything? Well, in the run-up to this freedom of navigation operation, because of the media attention, the Chinese were very well prepared. Uh, and because this had been discussed for six months uh, in the open press, uh, they had time to prepare their statements as well as how they, the Navy would react. Uh, my understanding is that there were uh, several 
Chinese naval ships that were shadowing the USS Lassen, which was the destroyer that was engaged in this FANOP. Uh, and so they were, they were monitoring it and shadowing it as it sailed around the South China Sea and as it entered the 12 nautical miles around Subi Reef. Nobody has made public what distance the Chinese Navy maintained, but my guess is that the Chinese do not want to have an accident uh, of any kind with a U.S. military ship. So my guess is that it kept a, a, a substantial di distance, uh, but nevertheless was signaling uh, the United States that it was present. Uh, there were some communications that were apparently made, uh, although it's not clear if it came from those Navy ships or from somewhere else, that warned the USS Lassen to get out of, uh, of the area around the islands. But China is always careful. They don't use the term territorial sea. And indeed, there were tough statements issued by both the foreign ministry and the defense ministry uh, of the Chinese government. Uh, these statements claimed that uh, the United States was uh, acting in a destabilizing way in the South China Sea, uh, that the U.S. operation was illegal, uh, was contrary to UNCLOSE and China's domestic law. This is probably a reference to the 1992 Chinese uh, territorial law, uh, which uh, seems to suggest that all Chinese territory gets a 12 nautical mile territorial sea. Uh, so uh, they were harsh statements. And in addition, the Chinese foreign ministry called in U.S. ambassador to China, Max Baucus, uh, to deliver a, a demarche or a protest. Uh, and uh, I will. I would guess that the Chinese will continue um, through their pundits in the media, uh, for example, uh, to criticize the U.S. action. Uh, one of the negative uh, consequences of this, uh, which is unfortunate, but I think uh, uh, ne necessary, the Chinese will say that the United States has proven that it is militarizing the South China Sea and that that justifies what the Chinese are doing. And when I'm asked this by reporters, what I respond is that the U.S. restraint over the last year and a half, while China has been building these artificial islands, has certainly not been responded to by the Chinese uh, by any slowdown in what they are doing. So U.S. inaction perhaps has emboldened China uh, to engage in this fast-paced effort to build up military capabilities in the South China Sea. Uh, I believe that the uh, demonstration of U.S. will to engage in these FANOPs um, will be part of a strategy, one tool in our toolbox, and we have to do much more, to try and alter China's calculus that the costs of engaging in this buildup in uh, violating international law it, and potentially making a very large claim to waters in the South China Sea and coercing its neighbors these do not serve Chinese interests. So the hope is that China over time will recognize that lowering tensions with its neighbors, engaging in serious talks on a code of conduct for the South China Sea with ASEAN, that this is really the best way to go. You talked about the U.S. demonstrating its resolve and 
the strategy that it's going to pursue. What, in your view, are the implications for stability uh, in the South China Sea, given that it's such a key waterway moving forward? Well, there is always the potential for uh, an accident uh, between U.S. and Chinese forces, such as we saw in the tragic incident in 2001 when a Chinese fighter jet collided with a U.S. surveillance plane. But the U.S. and China have now put in place a memorandum of understanding that is aimed at ensuring operational safety uh, when naval surface ships encounter each other or when aircraft come into close proximity. Uh, I believe that those will be a potentially stabilizing uh, factor. Uh, But I think that these operations by the United States are going to become the new normal in the South China Sea. Conducting one FANOP uh, is not sufficient. This has to be done repeatedly to ensure that the Chinese understand that the United States is going to preserve the right to transit through international waters. Uh, So for some time, uh, the Chinese, uh, if these things are reported publicly, the Chinese will respond publicly. Uh, But either way, they will shadow U.S. forces when they do this, and that's where the potential is if there is a particularly um, aggressive operator on a Chinese ship or potentially in a fighter jet, uh, then that's where the danger is uh, that there could be an accident. But I expect that the sides will be careful, that the Chinese will adjust to this new normal in the South China Sea, and hopefully over time will factor this into their own calculation about how to best advance Chinese interest in the region and, again, rely more on diplomacy going forward than on the military tools that they are using in the South China Sea. Bonnie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff.